Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. Blue Wire. With the first pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Matthew Stafford. Stafford, step it up. Going left side. Watch Calvin. Enzo got him. Oh, baby, that was a rocket. And it's picked off. Intercepted by Darius Slade. No one will catch him. Touchdown, Lions. Hello and welcome to episode 97 of the Michael Rothstein Show. I'm your host as always, Michael Rothstein. This episode brought to you by Pharaoh One Sunday Ticket and Bet On line. Hey, guess what? Soon enough, three weeks from today, there's gonna be NFL football. That's pretty exciting. At least if I did my math right, it's three weeks. So super, super pumped for that to happen. As long as everything keeps going well with the COVID-19 testing and no outbreaks and everything kind of maybe staying status quo in the country, it really seems like it's trending toward the NFL potentially actually starting on time. As far as the Lions go, so far they've been pretty good when it comes to COVID testing and they haven't had a positive COVID test or someone go on COVID reserve in over a week and I'm going to knock on wood. I'm, I don't root one way or the other, but you want guys to be healthy in this time. So absolutely knock on wood there that that hasn't happened but while that's been good for the lions the bigger concern and and we'll start the observations from today which is saturday's practice here is potential injuries possibly small ones but potential injuries nonetheless are starting to percolate a little bit the lions were down two running backs for Saturday's practice, as Bo Scarborough missed his third straight practice, DeAndre Swift missed his second straight practice. That has given a lot of opportunities, particularly to Ty Johnson, to Jonathan Williams, and to Jason Huntley. Some have been more advantageous with them than others. But when you look at Swift and you look at Scarborough, Swift absolutely going to be part of the offense. The team's second-round pick clearly looks like their third down back at the very least based off of his pass-catching skills and route running. And then Bo Scarborough is a guy who, to me, was maybe pegged as their bigger back, maybe their goal line back, maybe their kind of four-minute back in some ways where you need to grind some clock and you know he's going to almost always get positive yardage. Maybe a little bit of a better Zach Zenner. And, yeah, I look at that and I say, okay, Well, those are two guys who maybe had to find roles in this offense that haven't practiced for a few days. Now, again, it's early and they could end up back practicing today or practicing on Tuesday after the team takes a day off on Monday. 
and you're good to go. But they've been out for a couple of days. Matt Patricia not giving much of an indication of what's been going on with them. So it's going to be something to watch. Cornerback, also potentially an issue. Desmond Trufant hasn't practiced in a couple of days as far as going through team drills. He's mostly done individual work. And he was joined today, at least on Saturday, by Jeff Okuda, the first round pick. And not sure what is going on with Trufant exactly. Going to ask about that here on Sunday. Because I, I thought initially maybe that Friday was a maintenance day, kind of veterans day off for Trufant. He's been in the league for a while. He knows what's going on. He's established himself as a as maybe one of their top corners, if not their top corner. But that he missed a second day in a row is, I think, a little bit concerning. And then having Okuda there as well, he's not going to earn a veteran day off so fast. But if you remember, we talked about on yesterday's podcast, he did land awkwardly while diving to try to have a pass breakup during Friday's practice. He sat out a little bit. He dismissed it when he talked to the media on Friday. But maybe there's a little more to that there. Or they're just being overly cautious with maybe their top two cornerbacks and the guys who both might be starting for them come September 13th against the Bears. And then there's this injury. And this one maybe looked a little bit more serious, although a similar thing happened with Marvin Hall on Friday where he left practice, walked into the locker room area, never to be seen again. He was out at practice, basically participating fully on Saturday. So hopefully for Hunter Bryant, the undrafted free agent tight end out of Washington, it is a similar situation where just more of a concern than anything else. It looked like he injured his right hamstring. He was grabbing there a lot after an individual rep, came up a little bit limp, and then ended up walking very, very slowly to the locker room, wasn't seen again. We'll find out hopefully an update on him on Sunday, and and obviously hopefully that's not too serious as well. He is a player that I was writing down more and more in my notebook as the days progressed in practice. To me, he's a guy that maybe even was starting to pull and have the inside edge as the team's third tight end behind TJ Hawkinson and Jesse James, maybe ahead of Isaac Nada. Granted, they play a little bit of a different position as being a tight end, but Bryant's particular pass-catching skill set is rare and might have actually gotten him the edge over having more of a second blocking type of tight end in Nada, especially if Hawkinson can pick up some of those blocking abilities. And if you remember when he was drafted, that was something that he was really praised for out of Iowa. So that's, to me, the leads out of today. And we'll be back right after the break for some more thoughts and observations from day five of practice with the Detroit Lions in Allen Park, Michigan. From tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it's like to be tense and sore. So everyone can benefit from TheraOne CBD products. It's started by Jason Wurzland. TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. It started with the revolutionary Theragun percussive therapy. And if you've heard me read this ad, you know how popular that Theragun is in NFL and NBA locker rooms. Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments. He created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. A lot of CBD products, they claim organic, but they still contain up to 30% filler. And these fillers are potentially toxic. TheraOne tests their product four times before they get to you. Every product is USDA certified organic, grown in the United States, and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. 
Now through Labor Day, Monday, September 7th, TheraOne's offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products, but you've got to go to theragun.com slash bluewire. That's theragun. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something TheraOne's going to do again more than likely. Buy one, get one free at theragun.com slash bluewire, but only until Labor Day. Go right now, theragun.com slash bluewire. And Sunday, Sunday, Sundays, they're coming back in the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, you get Red Zone, you get DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels, so never miss your favorite teams, your favorite players, or what's going on in your fantasy league. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Avoid those... Sunday scaries and those Monday scaries by getting NFL Sunday ticket. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. Now, back to our show. So as we were talking about before the break, we get into more of our typical observations here after hitting a lot of the maybe injury concerns here at the top of the show. And it was a little bit of a different practice on Saturday, a little bit more tempo at points. They kind of mixed up when they were doing the individual drills versus the team drills. And I thought the defense actually played a little bit better than the offense again for the second straight day. A couple of notes to start. Since Trufant and Okuda were not out there, the starting cornerbacks were Amani Awarie and Daryl Roberts. And this is significant because really behind Awarie, if they're going to have a fourth outside corner, figuring out who that is is kind of just completely up in the air. D. Virgin and Mike Ford obviously have experience with the Lions. They also have shown their special teams prowess. Tony McCray has familiarity with Braden Coombs, the team's special, the team's special teams coach. But Daryl Roberts is a guy that has flashed a little bit more than normal. And clearly, if they're giving him that role and putting him with that first team for the most of the day, they at least wanted to get a good look at him and get an idea of what he can do. I thought he held up okay going against Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. Didn't do great, but that's all right. I mean, I think in some ways that's exactly what you're expecting out of that level of corner to have moments where you look really good and moments where you're going to struggle, especially against a pro bowler like Galladay. But yeah, that's something to maybe really start to consider and look at when it comes to what's going to happen at the depth corners behind the guys who are more than likely slash definitely going to be on this team at corner in starters, Desmond Trufant, Jeff Okuda, Amani Awarie, and Justin Coleman. Three of those four are going to end up being the starters for the Lions it, when they go into what will probably be, you know, nickel-type sets because of the way NFL teams play now. And, and the Lions last year paid Coleman to be one of the top slot corners in the NFL. And, you know, that's that's what they're hoping for this year. Another player who had a really good day today was Chase Daniel, the backup quarterback. And I've talked a little bit about David Blau on this podcast over the first week and been impressed with David Blau's arm strength more so than maybe I was last year. And I think he's handled certain things well when it's come to running the team with the number twos or the number threes. But Chase Daniel 
had, I think, some good days, some bad days. And Saturday was a really good day. He went two for two in the first team period. The one thing that really stood out to me was a quick kind of two-minute drill period in toward the end of practice where he basically went three plays right down the field threw a nice touchdown pass to Matt Sokol, and they just moved the ball really well. That was actually, sorry, a two-play drive, and then another drive, and this drive was situational. They basically had to score a touchdown. They were down five points with a minute 23 left and no timeouts, and three plays, Chase Daniel drives down the field, complete pass to Jamal Agnew, complete pass to Quintez Cephas in what was maybe the catch of the day. It was a Really great grab, jumping over Mike Ford for Cephas to make the catch. And we'll get to Cephas in a minute here. And then it was a deep slant over the middle to Jamal Agnew for a touchdown. Got down the field in 50 seconds. It was very Matthew Stafford-like, actually, from Chase Daniel. So while, yeah, that might say some stuff about the second-team defense, it showed you Chase Daniel can move the ball if and when he needs to. And I thought that Chase Daniel actually had a better day than Matthew Stafford in some ways. So I did mention Quintez Cephas. We've mentioned him a few times this week. I'll tell you this. I watch him play, and listen, it's way too early to make this comparison because Anquan Bolden's going to be potentially a Hall of Famer. He's one of the better big, kind of big-bodied receivers a little bit as far as, like, your, your just solidness overall. In recent years in the NFL, he played for a long, long time, obviously finished his career up for the most part in Detroit. But I watched Cephas play and his route running, how he bodies opposing defensive backs, how he times making catches. He doesn't have the best speed. It never looks like he's running fast. But he always seems to be in the right spot. He seems to be able to get open. And that comes a lot of times through superior route running. Reminds me a little bit of Anquan Bolden. I'm not going to get on a soapbox or anything like that and say he's going to be Anquan Bolden. No way. That's that's way too much for a rookie. And that's way too much, I think, period, even for an established player. Because Anquan Bolden is one of the best. Like I said, possibly a borderline Hall of Fame type player. But... You watch Quintus Cephas play, and you can understand a little bit more why the Lions drafted him. I was down on this draft pick. I didn't necessarily think it was the right pick for the Lions because they didn't really have a lot of speed. To me, he mirrored some of what Marvin Jones does. But after watching him play, I understand what the Lions saw in him. I know Jeff Okuda was really high on him as well. He talked about that after the Lions drafted Cephas. But you watch him a little bit, and you just can see it from the route running. They're sharp, they're crisp, and his hands are particularly good as well. I don't know if I've seen him drop a ball yet, or if I did, I've only seen him drop one, and he's been targeted a lot. But often I've seen him make catches similar to the one he had from Chase Daniel, where he's jumping over a receiver, or he's going up with a, sorry, a defensive back, or he's going up with a defensive back and making the grab. That was a really impressive play from Quintez Cephas. And listen, the Lions aren't going to theoretically need a lot out of him this year unless there are injuries. But they will need something from him in the future. And seeing this early on can only give them a good feeling about where they might be and 
between him and the other guy we were talking about, Jamal Agnew, who every day continues to impress as he's made this conversion to receiver, it, it feels more and more like the Lions might end up keeping six receivers between the three guys who you would expect in Galladay, Marvin Jones, and Dan Amendola, Cephas being a draft pick and playing well, should be on the roster. And then Marvin Hall gives them that deep threat that they just don't have really with any other receiver. And then there's Jamal Agnew, who could end up being the team's punt returner and kick returner still, but also is showing enough, I think, as a receiver, combined with the fact that he can offer position flexibility in a pinch at corner, that more and more, I don't know how you can really keep him off of the roster. And that something I don't think I would have said a week ago here going into the first practice. I had a lot of questions of whether Jamal Agnew really had a shot by making this position switch in this transition, but it's clear he worked really hard at it, and he's looked good every day. He did have one pass that I considered a drop, but it was a difficult grab, but he did get both hands on it, and you know, if you're an NFL receiver and you get two hands on it, even if you slipped coming out of the break, which he did, you should, to me, get your hands on the ball and catch it, even if you don't necessarily stay in bounds. He did not do that, but that's a very small negative to me on what's been a largely very positive first week for Jamal Agnew. I didn't really see much live punting today. It's worth noting who was in the backfield returning punts. However, it was Danny Amendola, it was Marvin Hall, it was Jason Huntley, and it was Jamal Agnew, as you'd expect. Victor Bolden got a couple of reps back there during one of the punt periods, too. But that, I wouldn't read too much into that because I think he's pretty far down that depth chart at receiver for, as we were just talking about, for him to really be making a massive difference. I think he'd have to make a lot of plays here in the next couple weeks to overtake some of the guys that are likely ahead of him on the depth chart that theoretically doesn't exist. Another thing to make note of, because it's happened day after day, and I actually meant to ask Matt Patricia about it today, and uh, it slipped my mind, but that's definitely going to be asked about here on Sunday, is Tracy Walker. And if you've listened to this podcast, you know I've been really high on Tracy Walker throughout camp. I think over and over again in individual drills, he's made play after play after play. He's locked up every tight end he's gone against. He's locked up running backs. He's locked up receivers, even when he's been matched up against them. He's looked really good. But for the last three practices, he's run with the second team. And it's pretty confusing to me why Will Harris would be out there instead of Tracy Walker. And Matt Patricia hasn't given an explanation, in part because he hasn't been asked about it just yet. But that's going to happen tomorrow. And trying to figure out why they lined him up there with the second team at safety instead of with the first team opposite Harmon instead of Will Harris. I don't really have a good answer for you. I was hypothesizing that maybe they're projecting Okuda obviously win the job so if he's lined up on the same side as Okuda they can work on their chemistry together down on the second team potentially just because that's where Okuda is for right now but then Okuda didn't go in team drills on Saturday and Tracy Walker was still working with the second team so I'm not totally sure if that was it I just don't have a good answer at the moment and you know Tracy Walker's should be a starter. I think he's one of the better Lions defenders they have. I think he's primed for a breakout season. So if you're looking for an oddity of camp that has not made much sense to me, it has been that. Why Tracy Walker's been running multiple days with the second team because 
generally, if you do it for one day, okay, you're getting maybe a guy a look. But if you're doing it for multiple days, much like when I asked Matt Patricia about the Jonah Jackson, hey, this isn't, doesn't really look like a rotation, like you said it was, maybe going to be a situation, eventually your eyes don't lie. And a team, when they're having short time to prepare for a season and you're making up for the spring, you're not going to waste time multiple days giving somebody a look with a first team unless you actually think he's got a shot of really playing there at some point this season. So the fact that they've done this for three days with Will Harris is fairly interesting to me, especially because Tracy Walker, I think, could be their best player in the secondary period this season. And we'll see how that goes. But just, again, something to really watch when it comes to the Lions and and what they're really doing out there. Uh, with individual one-on-ones, they actually ran all three at the same time, which is a first during camp. It's been made it a little bit trickier to kind of track everything. Thought Jason Huntley had a good period going up against the linebackers. Jason Cabinda, by the way, is still wor- working with running backs. This is three days in a row now for him at running back. And part of that could be that Nick, or at fullback rather, that part of that could be because Nick Bodden hasn't really done anything at all during team drills most of the time. During teamwork, he's been working off at the side and only doing individual work. So it could be a situation of they just have Cabinda over there because they need a fullback and they cut Luke Sellers. But Cabinda's played well enough at fullback that I think that maybe he would deserve, as we were talking about using the word extended look, that maybe he deserves an extended look there. He did, however, get bested by Christian Jones on one rep in the one-on-ones that actually drew ooze from teammates and even from some media members when Christian Jones made a really nice one-handed interception in the one-on-one while Jason Cabinda was the receiver running that route. Otherwise, as you'd expect, highly slanted towards the offense in a lot of ways. Tracy Walker, to me, had, again, as we were talking about before, some really good reps. He had stuck right on Jesse James very well, and I thought he won that rep. He did Get embarrassed a little bit by TJ Hawkinson, though. Hawkinson had a cut that was strong enough that made Walker fall on the ground. This was an easy catch for Hawkinson. But that was a rare misstep to me from Walker throughout the entirety of camp so far. Uh, by the way, like we were talking about Daryl Roberts a little bit before. He actually almost did intercept Matthew Stafford on Saturday. He really should have had it. it his hands were on it. dropped it. And he was kind of annoyed about it after that. Those were two kind of almost pick situations Stafford had today. The other one was actually caught by Marvin Jones. But from the angle I saw, I mean, it was like right in Jelani Tavai's hands. That was a bit of magic from Marvin Jones to really grab that ball and make the catch. Uh, The last play, which probably to me was actually the play of the day, although I mentioned a couple there earlier was this one it was in team drills it was in a red zone drill Matthew Stafford threw a ball up high to TJ Hawkinson on a slant Hawkinson caught the ball it was against Amani Awarie but there was contact and as he caught the ball he held on to it first of all for a really nice catch but a his towel flew up in the air and it looked like you know it looked like almost like a shoe came flying off again this was at the far side of the field so we didn't really get a great glimpse at it But you saw that, and you're like, oh, wow, that was heavy contact. One of the few heavy contact times to me during camp so far. But Hawkinson held on to the ball. That's what you'd like to see if you were a Lions fan when you're looking at the offense. 
So, yeah, it was, I think, a pretty even day. Like I said, I thought the defense maybe held a little bit more on their own, much better than they were doing earlier in the week. It feels a little bit more balanced now after the defense had a really, really strong day on Friday. And, yeah, one other play I want to mention, it was in the last uh, kind of two-minute situation. They were down two, needed a field goal with a minute 14 left. David Blau threw a pass. That pass hit off of Tom Kennedy and fell right into the arms of Quintus Cephas. Like I was talking about before, he has really good hands. He has good instincts. He has really impressed me throughout camp. We'll see what he does on Sunday. Thanks, as always, to my sponsors, Bet Online, NFL Sunday Ticket, and Thera One along with Regents Field. They now have NBA Jam. You can go play NBA Jam for free there. It's in downtown Ann Arbor. And, of course, Blue Wire for hosting this podcast. Thanks to my producer, David Woodley. You can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Mike Rothstein, on Facebook at Mike Rothstein Journalist. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review if you're liking what you're hearing from training camp. We really appreciate it. It can only help us down the road. And with that, we will chat with you tomorrow. Did somebody say playoffs? And we're not talking Jim Mora here. The NBA and NHL are playing for rings. And our partners at BetOnline have you covered. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. Major League Baseball season's pushing into fall, and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return of sports. And remember, the casino, it never closes, just like Vegas. Check it out all day, all night. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. <laughs>